Welcome back to another episode of Salty Saints Podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Randy. And we are talking about water. Yeah. So a while ago, oh, this is months and months and months ago, we did a whole podcast on trees. Yeah. And I thought, that I can't think of anything more stupid than that. <laughs> but, hey. But it was actually pretty cool. Trees There's, are fun. Yeah. There was, there was a lot of uh, scripture gives a lot of meaning to trees it's significant yeah you might want to get a little closer to that mic it feels uh, like it's just can? not yeah okay maybe right there beautiful no, no berry white huh? no berry white <laughs> um yeah the the funny thing first of all we totally ripped off the tree thing from from uh, the Bible Heiser, project. Bible oh, project. it was Bible project well That's heiser right. goes there too heiser goes okay. there a little bit i think um okay. but Water. I don't know that I've heard anybody like summarize it. It's not a ripoff, and yet thinking about it, I've heard them all reference it. Oh yeah, oh yeah, a lot. Yeah, yeah. So back in the day, I was in uh, seminary, I think, and uh, one of the teachers made a just made a comment, and it stuck with me ever since that um, for the Israelites, nothing good ever happened on water. I'm thinking. I'm not. Yeah. We'll come up with some. Okay. We will come up with some. Yeah. I was going to say, like, the water's not always bad, but, like, <clears throat> in general, yeah, it's not great. Water is always significant. So everything kind of starts. Uh, the area of the world that they're in, uh, rains are, you can't count on the rain. Here, living in North America, you know, we get rains, and that's what drives our our, uh, harvest and that. They couldn't always count on rain, so they had to be by water. That's why most cities were actually uh, built by a lake or or by a river. Yeah. There was some spring of water or something that provided water for the city. They needed water to survive, and they needed a hill for protection. And over the years, as they built on top of the previous city, uh, those hills end up almost being like they're man-made, but it's not like they brought in bulldozers to to get land that they could be on top of. They just built it on top of previous cities. Well, so um, right, right off the top, and, I, and this isn't necessarily the, the direction we're going to go, but I am thinking now, I guess trees and water are kind of interconnected in a way. Yeah. Um, where you see trees, there's definitely water. That's what an oasis is. Right. Yeah. Like like where where there is uh you know, life, there is water. That's just kind of the fair uh record. And I remember that that's kind of one of the points we made about trees was the fact that these people are in the desert. You mm-hmm. see a tree, mm-hmm. you're like water. Right. <laughs> like that's exactly. The first exactly. Thought. So Israel is completely surrounded by water. It's got the Mediterranean Sea on the on the west side. It's got Lake Galilee and um, uh, the Dead Sea mm-hmm. on the west side and the east side. Got the Jordan River uh, running down over there. So it's kind of surrounded by water, and yet Israel never had a navy until 1948. Hmm. Why? Just they weren't about to mess with that. 
Exactly. They were not about to mess with water. Okay. Leave that to other people. And there were uh, th- there were seafaring people. I forget which group it is. I don't think it was the Philistines, but it was a group like that. That at one point in Scripture it calls them the uh, seafaring people. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. Egypt, uh, for example, did a lot of commerce by sea. It's, uh, if you're going to trade with Rome, if you're going to trade with Lebanon, then it makes sense to have a decent navy that you can use to ship goods back and forth, ship, uh, tie the logs together and ship them down to Egypt, and you got your cedar down there then. Hmm. I mean, is that part of the reason why God chose to turn the Nile to blood? You know, I'm not exactly sure why God did it, but we're going to get into that. Okay. Because, yeah, the Nile, it, it's it's more than that one. Uh, three of the plagues happen in the river. Hmm. Okay. Let's start from the top. Okay. So, uh, going from the top, um, water is... Uh, I, it's equivalent with power. Uh, if you have water, then uh, you're going to survive. Yeah, you've you've got to be able to uh, uh, have water to make a city grow, to make your crops grow, to do whatever. Um, it is interesting. Uh, Baal is the god of lightning and rain. Okay. So there's a relationship there with, with water. Um. In most of the countries that surrounded Israel, the male god was a god of storms and very scary, very uh, uh, untrustworthy because that's the way storms were. Marduk? Yeah, for example. I kind of know where this is going, so that's why I thought I'd ask. That wasn't true in Egypt. In Egypt, the god of the sky is uh, a woman, and the river Nile is a man, interestingly. And the river Nile is very predictable. It comes every year. Uh, It overflows its banks every year at the same time. When it overflows its banks, it... it, uh, moistens the crops so they plant before the overflow uh they get the water from the river and uh then everything's good to go Hmm. the river uh in the nile uh provides them with their kings Uh, there's a, a myth of uh pharaohs who are delivered uh by the river god uh, typically a, a uh, crocodile will come up to somebody on the shore, opens its mouth, and there's a baby inside. That is the origin story of Pharaoh Tutmosis, King Tut, which is interesting that his name is Tutmosis. And what happened with uh, Pharaoh's daughter out by the Nile River, and lo and behold, Here comes an ark, a little boat, and a baby inside. So she looks at it and says, here's the next pharaoh. And she raises Moses, 
who we don't know, but his name might have been Tutmosis Doesn't in it mean Pharaoh's court. From water? It means from the river. Yeah. 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 Interesting. So water there provides like, like power. It provides life. It is interesting that in the creation account, now not chapter 1 of Genesis, but chapter 2, um, chapter 2, uh, verse 10, a river flowed from the land of Eden, watering the garden, then dividing into four branches. The first branch, called the Pishon, flowed around the entire land of Havilah, where gold is found. Gold of that land is exceptionally pure. Aromatic rosin and onyx stone are also found there. Second branch, called the Gihon, flowed around the entire land of Cush. Then the third branch is the Tigris, and the fourth is the Euphrates. The only two rivers that we know where they are, the Tigris and the Euphrates, uh, are actually uh, in the land of Babylon, uh, one of them to the north and one of them the southern border. But it kind of marks a valley and everything in the valley between the two rivers, which they're not close to each other, but the land in between them uh, receives water from the rivers, and it's, it's a fruitful land. Um, all the way back to Eden. Water gives life. Water is power. As a result, you have Israel all through its history building tunnels, uh, conduits for water. Second Chronicles 32.30 talks about a conduit that King Hezekiah made when Israel was under attack he made a conduit uh, to get water into the city from the river. 32.30 says uh, he blocked up the upper spring of Gihon and brought the water down through a tunnel on the west side of the city of David. So he succeeded in everything that he did. Interesting. Hmm. He uh, got the water in the city, and that was a success. He succeeded in everything. So water brings power. That's kind of the first point. Okay. I've been taking notes over here. Okay. But we're not going to talk about it yet. Okay. Because I want to see where this goes and see if I can put any of this together first. <laughs> this is happening on the spot. I'm sorry. Yeah, kind of with me too. Second point is that water brings chaos. Mm -hmm. uh, water, we need it to live, but when we have it, it's not always good news. And especially if we're talking about seas or lakes. So you think about Lake Gennesaret, Sea of Galilee. We call it Sea of Galilee. It's a lake. It's a, it's a big lake, but it's a lake. Uh, you can stand on one side of the Lake Gennesaret, and you can see the other side. It's not all that far away. I'm, you know, a couple of miles, but you can see over there mm -hmm. and, and see the hills and see whatever town uh, there is over there. Um, so you think about that in the New Testament, and uh, what always sticks out to me are the storms. And uh, apparently they were horrific storms. They'd come up, and uh, more than once the disciples were convinced that they were going to die, and they were actually led by four professional fishermen, Simon and Andrew, James and John, all made their living on boats fishing 
and they were afraid of storms on uh, the Sea of Galilee. Yeah, you've got that. Um, you're also kind of reminding me of like the chaos of creation. Absolutely. You go back to Genesis chapter 1, verse 2, and uh, Scripture tells us... Or I guess the lack thereof. <laughs> yeah. The earth was formless and empty, and darkness covered the deep waters, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the surface of the waters. Now, it's not just Genesis that talks about uh, creation over waters. Mm -hmm. uh, pretty much all creation myth starts with some sort of a primordial fluid. Uh, there is water that's out there, and uh, typically the gods would come up out of the water. Yeah. Or sometimes uh, the water was a god or a goddess. In this case, Hebrew word for the deep here is tihom, which is related to the word for Tiamat, mm -hmm. uh, one of the goddesses uh, in Babylon. Babylon, yeah. Was it Marduk and Tiamat or was, yeah. okay. Marduk and Tiamat. Um, <clears throat> you've got that. You've got, um, which Egyptian god is it? It's like the main Egyptian god. Um, what is his name? Ray? No. Uh, he's like the creation god. Uh, Egyptian. Is it Bubba? No, but that's a great name. <laughs> Born out of water. Um, new. Oh, okay. Um, maybe not. I'd have to look into it. Um, but one, one, one of the, it's like the, the god that creates all the other gods. And okay. I think it's in the Egyptian mythology. Okay is born up out of the water. Um, he's like born in an egg out of the water. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah it's yeah. a really common theme that you see creation coming out of this like chaotic mm -hmm. mess, which is what's so funny about our creation uh, story that God is above the waters. He's in control. And nothing's chaotic. Right. Everything's right, fine. Right, right. Or whatever there is that is chaotic He's got it. He's, right, right. It, there is no problem. Right. Like, yeah. he, it, everything yeah. is working accordingly. Yeah. Yeah. There's the Spirit of God hovering over the face of Tiamat. Right. Uh, it is interesting that uh, the first three days of creation all involve water. Uh, first day, he separates the waters above from the waters below. So, uh, another one that I was just thinking about. Um, in the Babylonian myth of, of uh, Tiamat and Marduk, Tiamat comes up out of the waters as like a multi-headed dragon, basically. Okay. Um, Marduk kills her, cuts her in half, recreates creation um, with her body. Right. One half becomes the earth, one half becomes the heavens. Right. It's basically Babylon's way of saying... And is it saying, her like, blood that becomes man? Her blood drips down becomes man, yeah. Okay. Um, and so you've got that story. But then in the Bible, you've got um, – it's in Isaiah, I think, um, where it says when God split the heads of the Leviathan. Oh, And so you get this picture of God defeating 
this coiling deep, this this serpent, the sea serpent. Right, right, right. And, and Which so it's again, like it's not Israel saying that that is actually what happened. It's it's like they're saying, okay, so the pagans say, here's how the creation was. Right. No, that God was our just God. Whipped them out. Exactly. <laughs> he just exactly. destroyed them. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to look that up while you keep talking. Okay, so uh, water is chaos, and in Genesis chapter seven, uh, God uses water, chaotic water, to destroy the world. And it's interesting. There's an old, old uh, comedy record by Bill Cosby where he. He talks about the flood and Noah, and uh, he says, uh, God says, I'm going to make it rain for a thousand days and a thousand nights. And Noah says, why why don't you make it rain for 40 days and 40 nights and let the sewers back up? And that is actually kind of what Genesis says. Uh, Chapter 7, verse 11, when Noah was 600 years old, old on the 17th day of the second month, all the underground waters erupted from the earth, and the rain fell in mighty torrents from the sky, 40 days and 40 nights. Hmm. So the rain falls, but the water is coming up from the earth. It's chaos released. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. And there again, God's got it. He protects his guy, Noah, and Noah floats on the waters in a boat. And so then <laughs> we'll, we'll come back to this. Sorry, that's another one. Another check on my notes there. Sorry. Um, I did find that verse, by the way. Uh, it, it's the, the verse right before it says, See, the Lord is coming out of his dwelling. Uh, here, I'll read the New Living Translation. Look, the Lord is coming from heaven to punish the people of the earth for their sins. The earth will no longer hide those who have been killed. They will be brought out for all to see. In that day, the Lord will take his terrible swift sword and punish Leviathan, the swiftly moving serpent, the coiling, writhing serpent. He will kill the dragon of the sea. Interesting. Oh, man, that's great. So they're kind of relating this to like a, yeah. a, like a end times kind of thing, like, yeah. like yeah. God coming back to make everything right. And it's sort of reflecting the Babylonian creation story that – it's That's almost like, yeah, it's like it's being repurposed as a yeah, as a yeah, more yeah, intentional yeah. thing. So you believe this? Uh, God's got that too. <laughs> yeah, very interesting. Um, you kind of get hints of that in the New Testament when, uh, in at least two occasions, Jesus is uh, in the middle of a storm and just calms it down. One time he's asleep and the disciples wake him up and they say, Lord, we wanted you to be awake when you died. <laughs> it's real nasty to wake up dead. And Jesus says, quiet down. And storm goes away. Second time, uh, the disciples are actually rowing in a windstorm. They're not afraid of dying. But they're rowing to get across the lake. And Jesus walks on top of the water. Just like the spirit hovering over the face of the deep, Mm -hmm. Jesus walks on the face of the deep. And scripture does say, as soon as he got in the boat, the wind died. So Mm. there again, that chaotic force that water represents, it's no match for God. God 
controls the chaos. Yeah. Yeah. The well, that's the other thing. The importance of Jesus calming the storm is God is the one that controls chaos. God is the one. Man would never be able to ex- uh, express control over nature, right. over water, right. over storms. And then here's God. Here's Jesus. When they see that, the disciples say, "Who is this?" Right. <laughs> right. That's very cool. Um. Third point is kind of extended because uh, water brings deliverance and water brings punishment. And sometimes it does it at the same time. So I'm getting this from a Bible dictionary, and then I'm, I'm throwing in some, some other things on top of it. But uh, they mentioned that Noah and his family was saved in the water, and the rest of the world died in the water. Uh, Moses is saved in an ark made out of bulrushes on the river. It's the same river that the Egyptian soldiers would throw the children in to kill them. So the same river where Moses should have died, it becomes the instruments of Moses's salvation. Um, And, It just goes on and on. So the Nile is what the Egyptians relied on for life. When Moses leads Israel out of Egypt, plagues one, three, and four. Three of the first four plagues take place on the Nile. First one, he touches the Nile with his staff and it turns to blood. The third one, He holds his staff over the Nile, and frogs come up out of the Nile. In the fourth one, he does the same thing, and flies come up out of the Nile. Now, I don't know why, but the life-giving Nile becomes the source of three of the ten plagues. Um, Yeah. I mean, do you think part of that has to do with... um, like if you – sorry, we're getting a little off topic here. But if you look at the way God responds to each of – like with each of the plagues, each of them is or can be kind of considered a slant against each of the gods The gods of, of Egypt. Egypt. Absolutely. They and are. so since they're in the middle of the desert, a water god would be – very relied upon by these people. That's the Nile was a god. Right. Right. God turns the Nile into blood. Um, way off topic, but uh, they had a calendar each each month. They worshipped a different god, and if you look at the plagues, it follows the calendar. Hmm. Personally, I think each plague took place about a month apart. That means ten plagues. This took place over about a year. Hmm. So over a year, Egypt's harvest was destroyed. Its uh, uh, water was uh, uh, putrid. Um, Just thing after thing that happened, uh, it devastated Egypt. Animal infestations. Animal infestation, their livestock 
begin to die from boils and and uh, things like that. And then finally the death of the firstborn, uh, primarily Pharaoh's firstborn, because Pharaoh's firstborn would become God when he became Pharaoh. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. Anyway. Um, where are we at here? Oh, Moses and the Israelites, when they leave Egypt, the sea that splits apart and provides a path for them mm. is the sea that drowns the entire army of Egypt, or at least the chariots. So it's deliverance, but it's also punishment. Um, you get you get other very interesting things. Uh, Exodus chapter 15. They come to a place called Mara. Tried to drink the water. The water was bitter. The Lord showed Moses a chunk of wood. He threw it in the water. The water becomes sweet. But I had never seen that before I was preparing for this. At the end of that section, verse 27, after leaving Mara, the Israelites traveled on to the oasis of Elim, where they found 12 springs and 70 palm trees. And they camped there by the water. Isn't that interesting? It is. So they leave Mara and find a place where there's more than enough water for everybody. Man, you're just giving me more and more firepower over here. And I don't know where I'm going with this, but okay. I, I am going to go ahead and start dropping some of these. There are always – so we uh, we were saying, you know, where there's water, there's trees. Um, water being symbolic of – you know, it can be chaos, but it can also be deliverance, right? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Trees are kind of the same. Yeah. It can be yeah. – it yeah. can be deliverance or it can be chaos. And so... And you think of Psalm 1, uh, the man blessed by the Lord is like a tree planted mm -hmm. by rivers of water. Right. You got Noah saved by a tree in water. Yeah. By yeah. a little basket yeah. made out of sticks, right? Moses. Or Moses. What did Moses. I say? Noah. Noah. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But um, Noah Moses. too. Moses. Uh, make the ark out You've of. You've got Noah with the ark, right? Right. And and the thing is, we've talked about this with trees. Eights is tree. Eights is branch. Eights right. is right. Right. bush. Right. Eights right. is like, it just is. It's trees. Um, <laughs> bitter water. A tree is thrown in to make it sweet. Eden, you've got trees, you've got this garden in the midst of all these converging waters. Yeah. Springs with palm trees now in Exodus popping up. You've got the man planted beside the water. Like, what is this? Okay, here's another, is more fuel for the fire. Do you know what the Hebrew word for water is? No. It is Mayim. Mayim. Uh, you know, the Mayim Bialik, the actress that played on The Big Bang Theory, uh, she was Blossom uh, back when I was growing up. Mayim Bialik, yeah. Okay. Yeah. She was Amy on The Big Bang Theory. Oh, okay. Gotcha, yeah, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. Uh, her name means water. Ayim is, Hebrew has uh, three possibilities of, of numbers. You can have singular, 
you can have plural or you can have dual. Okay. So there's a separate ending for two, specifically two. Mayim always invokes the idea of there's two. Water? The dual ending is ayam. So mayim is the Hebrew letter mem with the dual ending. Yeah, I think it's talking about the water above and the water below. And mm-hmm. maybe it's talking about the chaos and the salvation at the same time, too. Well, it's sort of like, I don't know, like trees so, or sorry, water so often is chaos or it's deliverance. And like when you look at trees in the garden, it's sort of the same thing, right? It's like you can rely on God and eat from right. this tree or you right. can rely on yourself and eat from this tree. Right. Yeah. And then it seems like every time you see this tree saving people from the chaos of water, it's like it's really just them relying on God in that moment. Uh-huh. So, I mean, are we are we just being brought back to Eden? Is all this imagery just bringing us back to Eden over and over again? We just keep coming back to Eden. Is that? Well, it's certain, it certainly appears to, yeah. Hmm. Um, uh, j- just filling out the list of... of uh, Times water was used to to save Elisha. Uh, uh, the enemy general Naaman comes to Elisha. He has a skin disease. He has leprosy. Um, Elisha tells him to go wash in the river seven times. Yep. Go to water and just bathe in water. And he's upset because the Jordan River is muddy. Uh, he wants to go back to Babylon where the water is clearer, cleaner. And his servant says, uh, you better do what the prophet told you. And he does, and he's, he's healed. So water pretty constantly uh, is a means of God's protection, God's provision for mankind. Last point. Uh, you mentioned this when I mentioned this to you yesterday, that this might be an interesting topic for a podcast. Uh, you mentioned the sea in the temple. There was a basin that they called the sea. Uh, water was kept in the temple constantly because water is a key element to purify. Happens in the temple, the priests would wash their hands, the priest would wash temple vessels. Um, the presence of water there would give them ritual purity and in a sense that's what you get in the New Testament in baptism you have John baptizing people specifically to repent of their sins so there is the purification aspect of it Um, baptism carried on as a symbol of following Christ for all early Christians. When you go under, you're dead. When you come up, you're alive again. That's what Romans 6 says, yeah. Baptized into his death, raised into his life. And so the water there still is, it's death. That's so weird. It is but then it, but then it's life, though, you know, yeah. that it's, it, yeah. it's so interesting, man. 
That's so interesting. Now it's 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 interesting too. Uh, I mentioned to you before. There's a book, first century book called Didache. That means the teaching. It's the teaching of the twelve, and uh, it's instructions that's given to people who are planning churches all over Asia Minor and to Rome now and and all throughout the world. There is a chapter on baptism, and it says. Uh, baptize by preference in living water, which is kind of interesting. Living water, even in the New Testament, that phrase is used. It just means running water, not stagnant. Hmm. But it's also not a sea. In a sea, the water doesn't run. The water just sits. So baptize in a river, fresh water, living water, uh, it's it's that water that really brings you life. The uh, sea, the Mediterranean Sea, uh, you don't take that water and use that to uh, pour on your plants. It's going to kill it. You don't even take the water from the Dead Sea. It's too salty. Yeah, well, now we're kind of to the difference of salt water and fresh water. Right. And most running water is fresh water. That's right. It's drinkable. That's right. Mm. That's so weird, man. It's kind of I, I I've got another one over here. I'm sorry, man. I'm just spinning do my it, wheels. Do it, do it, I'm, do go, it, do I'm it. going down different little. That's kind of what I hoped would happen because generally we both kind of spark something. Well, the there's other just one. <laughs> so much random stuff. Okay, so you got this. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give them <laughs> shall never thirst. Right. But the water that I will give him will become in him a well of water springing up to eternal life. You got John 7 that says, He who believes in me, as the scripture said, from his innermost being will flow rivers of living water. But this he, he spoke of the Spirit, uh, whom those who believed in him were to receive. For the Spirit was not yet given, because Jesus was not yet glorified. You go over here, you go to John 15, I am the true vine. And my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit, while every branch that does bear fruit he prunes. So now Jesus isn't just giving the water. He he is the vine. He is the tree to yeah. which we yeah. are to grow. Like, it, it's almost like it's like throughout Scripture, yeah, sometimes trees are good, sometimes trees are bad. Sometimes water is good, sometimes water is bad. Sometimes yeah. it saves you, sometimes it kills you. Yeah. But if you go to Jesus and recognize that he is the tree that gives life and he is yeah. the river that gives life, that that all things in him are good. Like he is the good in all this world. Like, right. And that's kind of what the picture is painting. So everything for me kind of comes together in the book of Revelation. Revelation chapter uh, 21, verse 1. And I always kind of wondered what this was until today when I was putting all this together. Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the old heaven and the old earth had disappeared. And the sea was also gone. Why in the world say that the sea was also gone? Yeah. Well, the sea is where chaos exists. There's no chaos in heaven. Right. There is no chance of a storm, there's of no more fear. Leviathan. There's, no, there's more, no more fear. All the sea monsters are gone now. Right. All the monsters are gone. Then in chapter 22, the angel showed me a river with the water 
of life. Clear as crystal, flowing from the throne of God in the Lamb. It flowed down the center of the main street. On each side of the river grew a tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit with a fresh crop each month. And the leaves were used for medicine to heal the nations. So the river that flows out of the throne of God becomes sustenance. It becomes our food. It becomes fruit that we eat. It becomes medicine. It's used to heal the nation. Everything now in heaven that we see water, it's all the good things. Yeah. And there again you get the river and the tree again. I hadn't thought about the connection between rivers and trees. It's pretty cool. Well, I mean, yeah. The the other thing is like if we are what uh, what's the verse um, about a man being planted by the river? Uh, yeah, Psalm, that's Psalm what? one, three and four, four and five. I just want to I just want to get it right here. Um, but it is the first Psalm. Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked, or stand in the way that sinners take, or sit in the uh, company of mockers but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water. Right. What's happening in heaven? It's a bunch of trees of yeah. life right. planted the by streams of, life, of water. By the river of life. Is that us? <laughs> is that us? Is the, and, the, and that we are from, from us there will be healing that like God is using his people it sure fits to love it? one another that it's yeah. not just like this it's not just a tree i mean that's the thing when you stop thinking about these stories like oh it's all literal no there's a figurative layer there here there's yeah. a figurative layer and maybe it is literal but like my point is it's deeper than we make it. It's yeah. so much deeper than we make it. It's Jesus, God's object lesson for us. <laughs> right. Like God is a tree of life. He is the water of life. Jesus yeah. is the water of life. He's the tree of life. We are like trees of life and like waters of life when we are with Christ. We draw our sustenance from God. We draw our sustenance from God. In and turn, then he uses us to heal others and to help for us. the nations. Yeah. That's so good. Yeah. That's so yeah. good. Yeah. Wow. So water. Yeah. Who would have thunk it? Who would have thunk it? <laughs> I like that. Thunk is a good word. Yeah, it is. And it, rhy- it rhymes with dunk, and you dunk things in water. Wow. There you go. We're putting it all together. That's right. I don't think that's how that's, but yeah, that's you not need how you... water to make coffee. Don't read the Bible like I just made that <laughs> terrible joke. Please don't read the Bible like I just made that terrible joke. Um, yeah, it's... Uh, this is the importance of reading contextually. You, you go, you, the more you get familiar with these themes of the Bible and these pictures it paints, the more often they start popping up. And it's funny things sometimes, like trees or like water. Uh, I, I would love to just now go through my Bible. See, like when I was listening to the, the Bible podcast talk, or the Bible project talk about uh, trees originally. Right. Tim Mackey said he went and bought a Bible just so he could highlight through it every time the word 
eights came up in, ah. in like Hebrew. Yeah. And so he went through and he did that. But now I'm like, what about water? What about water? If you yeah. just went through and highlighted every yeah. time you yeah. mentioned trees yeah. and water, I bet you're going to see a whole lot of fluorescent yellow. <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Elijah confronts the 950 prophets of Baal and he tells the people when it's his turn, bring a barrel of water, soak the, soak the offering. Then he does it again. Then he does it. Then he digs a ditch around it. And he says, do it a third time. Gideon. And this was during a drought. Doesn't Gideon pour water on his offering too? Oh, Gideon, you have the fleece. There's water on the fleece. Yeah, but I thought when he burnt the offering. uh, Maybe he does. Gideon. That'd be Judges 4, 5, something like that. I think it's in 4. No, it is five. It's five. It's six, actually. We're just so wrong. Yeah. It is six. It is six. All right. Uh, They brought the Ophrah. Angel of the Lord came and sat down under the oak in Ophrah. There you go. Got it a tree that belonged to Joash and Abizarite, where his son Gideon was threshing wheat in a wine press. Da, 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 da. Oh yeah, pour out the broth. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so is he saying, yeah, I mean, so he's saying, pour, pour the the broth on it, right? Pour yeah. the water on it. So he he soaks the offering again. Um, you're right. You have. Uh, you got a tree. You got water. You have David <laughs> and his the the main three of his mighty men. And uh, they're attacking Bethlehem. The Philistines have taken it over. And David says, I wish I could have a drink from the well in Bethlehem. And the three fight their way into town. Two of them hold off all of the soldiers while one draws water from the well. And they take it back to David. And what does he do? He pours it out before the Lord. He says, this is the blood of my friends. Water. Hmm. I don't. I'm not going to lie. I do not fully understand all the complexities of this. Oh gosh, I don't either. Well, I don't know that I'm beginning to understand. But what I do see is it's here a lot, and that's 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 kind of my my rule that I learned from Michael Heiser is if it's <laughs> weird, it's probably important. <laughs> and then my second one now is if it's there a lot, yes, it's definitely important. Yep. Yep, yep. Why? So this is important. Why? Yeah, that's a good question. It's always evolving. I mean, we're, I think we're maybe, always understanding new complexities of maybe Scripture. Maybe eventually we'll understand it. I, I'm sure eventually we'll understand it. <laughs> I, I, hope I just so. want to know now. <laughs> yeah, I know it. <laughs> Guys, thank you so much for listening to us rant about water and trees. <laughs> um, man, it sounds a whole lot less fun when you say it like that. But. If you've got questions, you can send those to salty saints at becomehope.com, questions at becomehope.com. Or send us your comments about water or trees. Yeah, if you What's got something, something that we've missed that you see. Which I'm sure there's plenty oh, we've missed. Gotta be. Yeah, let us know. We'd love to talk about that. Um, but until next time, stay salty. What do you do when your world is falling apart? 
How do you march when it would be easier to stay where you are and die? Join me every week on the March or Die podcast, and we'll discuss that and so much more.